Hello, uh, and welcome to Infinite Cast Season 2, Inherent Cast, Part 8. Breaking news, it is uh, Sunday, November 5th, 2023, uh, and Infinite Jest Discourse is happening. It's back again! Whoa! Wait, sorry. We, Chris put on the surf video, and someone's getting interviewed just out in the water, floating uh, on a surfboard, floating on a surfboard by a guy holding a. Oh, yeah, what's <laughs> his what's his mic set up? What the hell is this? Does he have like a water? Will you, tr- will you put the sound on real quick? Okay, yeah, let's see. Sorry. All right, I'm in the finals now. I'm in Rob. the finals of standard sports interview. Well, I've been I've been trying trying hard, and today I will try as hard as I can. And the wit, you know, the waves will try hard, and I will also try hard. I'll try we'll hard see, at the waves. And I, you know, we'll see what the waves do, and what I do, and what the board what does. What I do with the waves and the what, board. Yeah. In the end, it's about the waves and the board. Do you think? Any? Are, is there a lot of religion in surfing? Do you think surf people are religious? Sound off in the comments <laughs> if you surf and believe in God. <laughs> Christian Surfer is anonymous. Uh, anyway, you yes, uh, there is a, somebody a New Yorker cartoon from this week, right? Yeah, uh, with a woman holding up two copies of Infinite Jest, saying one's got to go. What is it? What more, is it? yeah, more or less. Like which, which copy are we keeping, or something like that? And Molly's joke is, of course, they're both mine. Yeah, the uh, uh, I actually only own one one copy of Infinite Jest. Two, yeah. if you count the Kindle version, which yeah, I do. You know what? I do. <laughs> And so yes, a digital and regular, yes. Yeah, you got always gotta have that thing on you. <laughs> in just case you know <laughs> just in case you need it. Um yeah, it it won't stop, it can't stop. I honestly at this point can't think of another book, at least a recent book, that continues to be memed so hard. Yes. Literally the it it, it has become the bo- the only book that is discussed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is the only book. Like Fra- Jonathan Franzen found dead in a ditch, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of all the literary Jonathans who I guess have fallen off, and it's the Davids that are the, 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 <laughs> the David rise, rise of the literary Davids. Uh, Jonathan Le- Lethem is uh, yeah. like this wasn't recent. I just read I read the Grub Street Diet on uh, New York Magazine, and great, he did a Grub feature. Street Diet, and he's uh, promoting his latest novel, which I think was published maybe a couple months ago, called Brooklyn Crime Novel. <laughs> the ma- mask off. We're not we're not bothering with. With anything oh, yes. fe- feathery or, or furry for titles, we're yes. just going straight into it. Bro- it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn crime, crime novel. <laughs> That's pretty good. If it gets adapted to film, will it become Brooklyn crime film? Bro- Brooklyn crime novel film. Brooklyn crime novel film coming to you on probably Netflix. Yes. Uh, I mean, we were just talking about a classic in the genre of of <laughs> does what it says on the cover, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Yeah. I think. Uh, my vote for one of the best Babe Ruth pointing at the outfield titles for a book, a uh, book at all time of all time. You know, I've never read it. And we were actually just discussing that maybe, maybe we should read it on the pod. It um, seems like one of those other totemic, like new fiction uh, things. I have to say, uh, I have read it. Jo- I remember it being fine. Jonathan's R.I.P. It's the it's Don DeLillo, Dave Eggers, Dave Foster Wallace, Dave Foster Wallace, David Eggers. Hell, I just I volunteered for an organization that he started yesterday. Yes. Relevant. Yes. 826 Valencia. Teaching the kids how to read. Uh, I was about to say read and write. Uh, just write. Just write, yes. <laughs> Reading, you're on your own. Hopefully you know how to read if you know how to write. But yes. m- that might not always be the case. Uh, anyway, should we get into Thomas Pinchon? Yeah, we're in the middle of uh, chapter six. Okay, Let's great. Going. 
Uh, meanwhile, people were seeing Mickey all over the place. In the meat section at Ralph's in Culver City, shopping, shoplifting filet mignons in party-sized lots. Out at Santa Anita, in earnest discussion with a person either named Shorty or Speedy. In some <laughs> accounts, both. In a bar in Los Mochis, watching an old episode of The Invaders, dubbed into Spanish, and writing urgent memos to himself. In airport VIP lounges from Heathrow to Honolulu, drinking heedless combinations of grape and grain not seen since the days of Prohibition. <laughs> At anti-war rallies in the Bay Area, begging a variety of armed authorities to mow him down and end his troubles. Out of Joshua Tree, doing peyote. Ascending into the sky, haloed in an all but unwatchable radiance towards spacecraft not of earthly origin, <laughs> so forth. Doc started a file on all these reports and hoped he wouldn't forget where he was stashing it. Coming out of work later in the day, he happened to notice in the parking lot uh, this tall, lanky blonde plus an equally familiar oriental cutie. Yes, it was those two young ladies from that Chick Planet massage parlor. Hey, Jade, Bambi. The girls, casting paranoid glances back over attractive bare shoulders, ran and jumped into a species of Harley Earl Impala, uh, screeched out of the lot and smoked away down West Imperial. Trying not to take this personally, Doc went back inside looking for Petunia, who, shaking her head reproachfully, handed him a flyer for the Chick Planet Massage Pussy Eater Special. <laughs> oh, well, I can explain this. Dark and lonely work, muttered Petunia, but somebody has to do it. Something like that? Oh, Doc. On the back of the flyer, written with an applicator in hot pink toenail polish, <laughs> it said, Heard they cut you loose. Need to see you about something. I'm working weeknights at Club Asia. <laughs> How would you pronounce this? Asi Asiatique? Club Asiatique. Asiatique? Yeah. In San Pedro. Love and peace, Jade. P.S. Beware of the golden fang. Three exclamation mm. points. Well, actually, Doc wouldn't have minded a brief word or two with that Jade either, seeing how, being the last person he'd spoken with back at Chick Planet before he'd slipped, as Jim Morrison might put it, into unconsciousness, she could have had a role in setting his unwary ass up for whoever had snatched Milky Wolfman and shot down Glenn Sharlock. Not my unwary ass getting set up. I don't know what the um, what the into unconsciousness reference is for Jim Morrison, because I'm not super doorsy, on the, outdoorsy. Uh, <laughs> in indoorsy. the... Uh, it, you're not up on doors lore. Uh, just uh, ride, ride the snake into the lake. <laughs> Riding that snake. That uh, the end would be. It's yeah. the end, right? Yeah. The end would be better if it was called the snake, and it was just all about that snake. All about that snake. So, knowing them to be longtime club Asiatic regulars, he headed directly for the beachfront mansion of Lourdes and Motella, who it turned out this e those are the steward eye. Yes. Uh, who it turned out this evening were headed down to that very waterfront dive to meet their current heartthrobs, FBI persons of interest, Cookie and Joaquin, offering Doc a chance to find out why the Federales should be so interested, while at the same time wrecking any hopes he might have entertained for some drug-enhanced three-way among just him and the girls. Now, as Fats Domino always says, never to be, which was how it usually worked out anyway with these two. <laughs> okay, if I tag along, Motella gave him a skeptical OO. Those Harakis are marginal. The bell bottoms will do, but the top needs some work. Here, have a look, leading him to a closet full of gear, from whose dimness Doc grabbed the first Hawaiian shirt he could see. Parrots in psychedelic color schemes, some visible only under blacklight, that would have gotten them second looks even from parrot communities already noted for their extravagance of feather shades, plus hibiscus blossoms that merely snorting them would send you off into, onto nasal acid trips, and tubular green phosphorescent surf, a very yellow crescent moon, 
hula girls with big tits. <laughs> you can also wear these, handing him a string of love beads from the Kahuna Airlines duty-free head shop, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which opened whenever the airplane entered uh, international airspace. But I'll want him back. Ah, Lorda's meantime in the bathroom, screaming with her nose to the mirror, photo courtesy of NASA. It's this light in here, Doc hastened to point out. You look fine, guys. Fine, really. What is that reference to? Uh, pho- photo courtesy of NASA? Is it a moon landing thing? Uh, I, I take that as uh, she thinks that she is like craterous pores or something. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nose to the mirror, I think it was, you know, like snorting a yes, line of yes, coke. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Photo- yes, you're... you're Okay, good job. Thank you. Uh, They did, uh, and soon togged out in matching dresses from the Dynasty Salon at the Hong Kong Hilton. The girls, one on each of Doc's arms, proceeded down to the alley where, locked in a garage with a single dusty window, through the bleared old glass, there glowed this dream of a supernaturally cherry vintage auburn, maroon in color with some walnut trim and bearing the license plate LNM Wow. Driving down the sandy, uh, I don't, I don't get that. But L N M, wow. L L L N M W O W. Driving down the San Diego and Harbor freeways, the high-spirited steward I filled Doc in on a list of Cookie and Joaquin virtues he would have ordinarily have zoned out in the middle of, but since the FBI's curiosity about the boys had provoked his own, he felt obliged to listen. It was also a distraction from what seemed to Doc the unnecessarily suicidal way Lourdes was piloting the Auburn. <laughs> On the radio was a golden oldie by the boards in which rock critics had noticed a certain Beach Boys influence. Uh, all right, let me see if I can do this in a kind of surf rock. Imagine like... Sure. Okay. Thought I must have been hallucinating Waiting at the light, she called to me, let's go How am I supposed to refuse an 18-year-old cutie in a GTO? <laughs> we took off north from the light of Topanga Tires smoking in a hot long scream Under the hood of my Ford Mustang A 427 camera running like a dream And this is the bridge Grill to grill by the time we hit Leo Carrillo Horn section film Phil <laughs> And it still wasn't over by Point Magoo <laughs> Just a Ford Mustang and a sweet GTO In motion by the ocean Doing what the motorheads do <laughs> It's not over yet Should have filled up when I got off the San Diego It's been pinned on empty for the last 10 miles Next thing I know she's waving hustle away Go flashing one of those big California smiles Doc tried to listen to the instrumental <laughs> Very break. good, very good, Molly And though, and though it's not even over <laughs> <laughs> and though the horn section put some nice mariachi harmonies onto Leo Carrillo, probably Leo Carrillo, uh, the tenor player didn't seem to be Coy Harlingen, just another specialist in one or two note solos. So you have to imagine <laughs> the Bummed out on the shoulder, couldn't feel bluer. Here comes that familiar ram air blast. What's that on the front seat right next to her? It's a shiny red can full of high test gas. So we grooved back down on past Leo Carrillo. Same horn fell. Grill to grill all the way down to Malibu. Just a Ford Mustang and that sweet GTO. In motion by the ocean, doing what the motorheads do. <laughs> <laughs> Mortifying. <laughs> I, it's I a think, bop, though. I think you nailed it. 
uh, rhyming hallucinating with refuse and 18 uh, that's year old good. cuties. That's very uh, cute. Rock music in the 60s did indeed, did they did be uh, singing about cars and barely legal girls. Uh, if, if anyone wants a taste for a modern version of that, the band uh, Mary Shelley out of Brooklyn has a song called uh, uh, Going to the Beach, which is about going to the beach uh, and uh, a a dolphin and, and a, driving a Mercedes Benz. Like, I don't know. It's good. It's good. <laughs> classic, classic cars, girls, beach, yeah. uh, rock music. Old, old school. <sighs> Timeless. The girls in the front seat were bouncing up and down, sque- squealing a toda madre and what it be girl and so forth. Cookie and Joaquin, they are so bitchin', swooned Motella. Seguro essay. Well, actually, I meant Cookie is. I can't really speak for Joaquin, can I? How's that, Motella? Ooh, like wondering how it must be getting into bed with somebody who has another person's name tattooed on his body. No problem unless all you do in bed is read, muttered Lourdes. <laughs> ladies, ladies, the doc pretended to push them apart like Mo going spread out. Uh, doc gathered that Cookie and Joaquin were a couple of ex-grunts newly out of Vietnam, back in the world at last, though it seems still pursuing missions of consequence having caught wind just before they left of some demented scheme featuring connexes full of U.S. currency being transshipped, it was believed, to Hong Kong. In-country traffic in dollars ordinarily fetched many long years in the stockade, but with the money now physically in international waters, according to various bullshit artists of their acquaintance, the situation was bound to be different. They had manifested onto Lourdes and Motella's flight to Kai Tak, heads seriously waltzed around with by Darvon's Speed, PX Beer, Vietnamese Weed, and Airport Coffee, so as to be broadly incapable of the customary airplane chit-chat, and thus, as the ladies told it, scarcely were the seatbelt lights off, then Lourdes and Joaquin, Motella and Cookie, respectively, found themselves in adjoining lavatories, fucking each other's brains out. The frolicking continued through the girls' layover in Hong Kong, while the containers of currency grew more and more difficult to locate, not to mention believe in, though Cookie (laughs) and Joaquin did try, whenever lulls in recreation allowed, to pursue an increasingly half-hearted search for them. Club Asiatique was in San Pedro, opposite Terminal Island, with a filtered view of the Vincent Thomas Bridge. At night, it seemed covered, in a way protected, by something deeper than shadow, a visual expression of the convergence from all around the Pacific Rim of numberless needs to do business unobserved. (laughs) Glassware behind the bar, which might, in some other type of saloon, had been found too dazzling, here achieved the smudged, cool glow of images on cheap black-and-white TV sets. Waitresses in black silk chongsoms printed with red tropical blossoms glided around on high heels, bearing bearing narrow, tall drinks decorated with real orchids and mango slices (laughs) and straws of vivid aqua plastic molded to look like bamboo. Customers at tables leaned toward each other and then away in slow rhythms like plants underwater. House regulars drank shots of hot sake chased with iced champagne. The air was dense with smoke from opium pipes and cannabis bongs, as well as clove cigarettes, Malaysian cheroots, and correctional system cools, little glowing foci of awareness pulsing brighter and dimmer everywhere in the dark. Downstairs, for those nostalgic for Macau and the joys of Felicidad Street, an exclusive Fanton game went on day and night, as well as Mahjong and Dollar a Stone Go in various alcoves behind the bead curtains. This this is my type of play. This place sounds sick as hell. Oh, man. Hot sake and iced champagne. It reminds me of that tiki bar we went to in San Francisco where it rained inside. The Fairmont, uh, the one inside the Fairmont Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That place was also dope, except 
critically closes at 10. Unacceptable. Fucked up. Yeah. Com- no way. Completely La- last call, disrespectful. Last call being at like 9.30 p.m. is like not not okay for a place where you can buy a whole drink in a real pineapple. Yes. And the, where they literally, and they have like a, a, a band inside a boat on a fake lake that it rains over inside. Like how the hell you, how the hell you close that place down at 10? Ridiculous. Who's paying for all this water? <laughs> now doc, my man, Motella warned as they slid into a booth upholstered with some tiger skin print in nail polish, purple and vivid rust. Remember me and Lourdes are springing for this shit. So tonight it's a uh, well drinks only. None of that little umbrella shit. Plenty cool with doc considering the income disparity situation and all. Cookie and Joaquin showed up just as the house band was percolating into a zippy version of the Doors. People are strange when you're a stranger. <laughs> People are strange when you're a stranger. Uh, sporting wide brim Panama hats, counterfeit designer shades, and white civilian suits bought off some rack in Kaiser Estates Kowloon, sauntering in, in step, one step per beat, each waving a forefinger in the air down into the echoless reaches of the club. Joaquin, Cookie, called the girls. Oh, wow, dig it, looking so groovy, and so forth. Though few men can indeed uh, indeed can be copacetic enough with their lives that they won't go for public appreciation like this, Doc also could see Joaquin and Cookie looking at each other, thinking, shit, man, I wonder how he does it. <laughs> May have to leave in a hurry, May Cherie, rumbled Cookie, burying one hand in Motella's afro and getting into a kiss of some duration. Motella? Motella. <laughs> Nothing personal, added Joaquin. Kind of a short notice business trip, enveloping Lord in a possibly even more passionate embrace, interrupted by a well known bass line from the band, who were hidden in a small grove of indoor palm trees. <laughs> All right. Motella seizing Cookie by his necktie, which had a picture of a florid Pacific lagoon scape in psychedelic colors. Let's get down. In two seconds, Joaquin had disappeared under the table. What's, what's this? Lord is keeping her composure. Some psychological shit from the Nam cookie dancing away. Every time people say that, he does it. Uh, oh, okay, get down. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, folks, called Joaquin, who had spent the war trying to make some money and wouldn't know an LZ if it ran up and started firing some rockets at his ass. I like it down here. You don't mind, do you, Mia Moore? I suppose I could think of it as being out with somebody real short with her arms <laughs> folded and a bright smile that was maybe a little higher on one side than the other. This book is very silly. Yeah. A small, perfect Asian dewdrop in the house getup, who on closer inspection seemed to be Jade, came over to Doc. There are a couple of gentlemen, she murmured, real eager to see these boys, even to the point of handing out 20s left and right. Joaquin stuck his head out from under the tablecloth. Where are they? We'll finger somebody else and then we'll be $20 ahead. $40, corrected Lourdes. Ordinarily a sound plan, said Motella, returning with Cookie, except everybody here knows you two, and as a matter of fact, here comes the folks in question right now. Oh shit, it's Blondie-san, said Cookie. He look pissed off to you? I think he's pissed off. Nah, said Joaquin, he ain't pissed off, but I'm not so sure about his partner there. Blondie-san wore a blonde toupee that wouldn't have fooled nobody's abuelita back in South Pass, and a black business suit of vaguely uh, mob-connected cut cranked up, prickly-eyed, and chain-smoking cheap Japanese cigarettes. He was accompanied by a Yakuza torpedo named Iwao, the spiritual purity of whose Don ranking had long been compromised by a taste for unprovoked ass-kicking, his eyes sliding back and forth, and his face wrinkling in thought as he tried to figure out who was to be his primary target here. Doc hated to see anybody that confused. 
Plus which, the more deeply Cookie and Joaquin were drawn into discussion with Blondie-san, the less attention they paid to Lourdes and Motella, making the ladies that much crazier and more susceptible to those grand emotional disasters they shared such a taste for, <laughs> none of which boded well. Around then, Jade happened by again. Thought that was you, Doc said, though we ain't exactly been wallering in eye contact. Got your note at the office, but why'd you go running away like that? We could have hung out, you know, smoked some shit. <laughs> like, there was these creeps in a barracuda that tailgated us all the way from Hollywood. Could have been anybody, and we didn't want to get you in any more trouble than you are. So we pretended we were there for the B12 shots, and I guess that made us a little speedy. So when we saw you, then we got paranoid and split. <laughs> Better not be negotiating no Singapore slings over there, Motel advised. None of that shit. She's an old schoolmate. We're reminiscing about the prom. Geometry class. Lighten, <laughs> lighten up, Motella. Is that Doc saying that? Yeah. What school was that? Tehachapi? Ooh, went Lourdes. The girls were on edge, and strong drink was not improving their mood. I don't know, I don't know why Tehachapi is, is shady. Uh, no, I don't know enough. I, I feel I like there's like... California. Yeah, I feel like there's like 5 to 10% like California lore in here that yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting. But I guess that's the point of the book, you know? Yeah. To to, wallow, to go deep, wallow deep in the, the, the you know, SoCal co lore. Context clues. It's probably not somewhere you want to go to go to high school. Tehachapi? Tehachapi. Tehachapi. Let's see if I can look up the, look that up anyway. Uh, see me outside, Jade whispered, high heeling away. The near total absence of lighting in the parking lot could have been deliberate to suggest oriental intrigue and romance, though it also looked like a crime scene waiting on its next crime. Doc noticed a 56 fireflight ragtop which seemed to be breathing deeply as if it had raced all the way down here, gathering pinks as it came, and was trying to think of how he could discreetly pop up the hood and just have a look at the hemi beneath when Jade showed up. Uh, Tehachapi is a tiny community uh, up north uh, kind of on the way to Bakersfield, north of L.A., um, you know, between Mojave and ba Bakersfield, uh, near Bear Valley. I don't know what it means, okay. but, you know, that's where it is. Near right. the Tomokani State Historic Park. Okay. I can't stay out here long. We're in Golden Fang territory, and a girl doesn't necessarily want to get into difficulties with those folks. This is the same Golden Fang you said to beware of in your note. What is it, some band? You wish, she made a my lips are zipped gesture. You're not going to tell me after beware of and so forth? No, I really only wanted to say how sorry I am. I just feel so shitty about what I did. Which was, what again? I'm not a snitch, she cried. The cops <laughs> told us they dropped charges if we just put you at the scene, which they already knew you were, so what was the harm? And I must have panicked, and really, Larry, I am like, so sorry? <laughs> Call me Doc. It's cool. Jade, they had to cut me loose. Now they just tail me every place is all. Here. He found a pack of smokes, tapped it on the side of his hand, held it out. She took one. They lit up. That copper, she said. You must mean Bigfoot. Some warped sheet of plastic, that one. Did he ever come by your salon by any chance? Looked in now and then. Not the way a cop would do. Not like expecting freebies or whatever. If this guy was being paid off, it was more like some private deal with Mr. Wolfman. And don't take it personally, but was it Bigfoot himself who put me on the Buenos Noches Express? <laughs> <laughs> or did he subcontract? That's a, uh, I, I don't know, he got a hit over the head, but uh, you know when I'm, I get really EP on the couch, I'm, I'm on, the on the Buenos, Buenos Noches Express. Yeah. Uh, or did he subcontract it? She shrugged. Missed all that. Bambi and me were so freaked with that badass brigade stomping in, we didn't stick around? 
How about those jailhouse Nazis that were supposed to have been uh, covering Mickey's back? All over the place one minute, gone the next. Too bad. We were their damn PX there for a while. We even got to where we could tell them apart and whatever. <laughs> they all disappeared. Was that before or after the fun started? Before. Like a raid when people know it's going to happen. They all cleared out except for Glenn. He was the only one who, she pauses if trying to remember the word for it, stayed. <laughs> she dropped her cigarette on the blacktop and squashed it with the pointed toe of her shoe. Listen, there's somebody who wants to talk to you. You mean I should get out of here quick? No, he thinks you can help each other out. He's a new face. I'm not even sure of his name, but I know he's in some trouble. She headed back inside. Out of the onshore mist known to shroud this piece of waterfront, another figure now emerged. Doc wasn't always that easy to creep out, but still wished he hadn't waited around. He recognized this party from the Polaroid that Hope had given him. It was Coy Harlingen, newly returned from the next world, where death, along with its other side effects, had destroyed any fashion sense the tenor player might have had left when he had OD'd, resulting in painter's overalls, a pink button-down shirt from the 50s with a narrow, knit black tie, and ancient pointed cowboy boots. That doesn't sound so bad. It sounds like a guy you'd see in Williamsburg in 2016. Yeah. Howdy, Coy. I would have come to your office, man, but I thought there might be unfriendly eyeballs. <laughs> Doc needed an ear trumpet or something because along with the horns and bells out in the harbor, Coy also had this tendency to fall into a nearly inaudible junkie's murmur. Is this safe enough for you out here? Doc said. Let's light this up and pretend we came out to smoke it. <laughs> Asian indica, heavily aromatic. Doc prepared to be knocked on his ass, but instead found a perimeter of clarity not too hard to stay inside of. <laughs> the, the, the descriptions of being stoned are like very good in this. A perimeter of clarity. Yeah. The glow at the end of the joint was blurred by the fog, and its color kept shifting between orange and an intense pink. Uh, yeah, to, you know, we can do a little of this and then... Yeah, how much longer in this chapter? Uh, let's see. Yeah, oh, let's, not let's, yeah. yeah, let's we finish, finish the it. chapter. Yep. I'm supposed to be dead, Coy said. There's also a rumor you're not. That don't come as such great news. Being dead is part of my job image, like what I do. You working for these people here at the club? Don't know. Maybe. It's where I come to pick up my paycheck. Where are you staying? House up in Topanga Canyon. A band I used to play for, the boards, but none of them know it's me. <laughs> How can they not know it's you? Even when I was alive, they didn't know it was me. <laughs> the sax player, basically, the session guy. Plus, over the years, there's been this big turnover of personnel. Like, the boards I played with, have most of them gone off by now and formed other bands. Only one or two of the old crew are left, and they're suffering, or do I mean blessed, with heavy dopers memory. <laughs> Story was you came to grief behind some bad smack. You still into that? No, God. No, I'm clean these days. I was in a place up near, a long silence and a stare while Coy wondered if he'd said too much and tried to figure out what else Doc might know. Actually, I'd appreciate it if... It's okay, said Doc. I can't hear you too good, and how can I talk about what I don't hear? <laughs> sure. There was something I wanted to see you about. Doc thought he caught a note in Tro Coy's voice. Not exactly accusing, but still sweeping Doc in somehow with some bigger injustice. Doc peered at Coy's intermittently distinct face, the drops of fog condensed on his beard, shining in the lights from the club Asiatique, a million separate little halos radiating all colors of the spectrum, and understood that regardless of who in this might help whom, Coy was going to require a light touch. <laughs> Sorry, man. What can I do for you? It wouldn't be nothing heavy. 
Just wondering if you could check in on a couple of people, lady and a little girl, see that they're okay, that's all, and without bringing me into it. Where are they staying? Torrance? He handed over a scrap of paper with Hope and Amethyst street address. Easy drive for me. Probably won't even have to charge you for mileage. You don't have to go in and talk to anybody. Just see if they're still living there. What's in the driveway? Who's going in or out? Law enforcement in the picture? Any details you find interesting? I'm on it. I can't pay you right now. (laughs) When you can, whenever. Unless maybe you're one of these folks who believe information is money, in which case, could I just ask, bearing in mind that either I don't know or it'll be my ass if I tell you, what is it, man? Ever heard of the Golden Fang? Sure. Was that a hesitation? How long is too long? It's a boat. Awfully interesting. Awfully interesting. Doc sang more than spoke in the way Californians do to indicate it isn't interesting at all. Since when do you beware of a boat? Seriously, a big schooner, I think somebody said. Brings stuff in and out of the country, but nobody nobody wants to talk about what exactly. That blonde Japanese guy tonight with the badass sidekick who's talking to your friends, he'd know. Because? Instead of answering, Koi nodded somberly over Doc's shoulder across the parking lot, down the street at the main channel and the outer harbor beyond. Doc turned and thought he saw something white moving out there, but the fog coming in made everything deceptive. By the time he got to the street, there was nothing to see. That was it, Koi said. How do you know? Saw it sail in. Got here about the same time I did tonight. I don't know what I saw. Me neither. Fact, I don't even want to know. Back inside, Doc found the light apparently shifted to more of an ultraviolet mode because the parrots on his shirt had now begun to stir and flap, to squawk and maybe even talk, uh, though that could have also been from smoke. Lourdes and Motel, meanwhile, were behaving very badly indeed, (laughs) having chosen to assault a couple of local gun malls as a sort of tag team for which waiters and waitresses, keeping semi-visible, had relocated a couple of tables in order to clear a space, and customers had gathered around to give encouragement. Clothing was ripped, hairdos disarranged, skin exposed, and many holds with sexual subtext wriggled into and out of, the usual allurements of girl wrestling. (laughs) Cookie and Joaquin were still deep in conversation with Blondie-san. Iwao, the torpedo, was busy watching the girls. Doc edged closer into earshot. Just conference with the partners by satellite, Blondison was saying, and the best offer is three per unit. Maybe I'll go back and re-enlist, muttered Joaquin. Make more off the bonus than I will this. He's only being emotional, Cookie said. We'll take it. You take it, S.A. I ain't gonna take it. I need not remind you, said Blondison with sinister amusement, that this is the golden fang. Best we not be messing with no golden fang, Cookie agreed. Carajo, Joaquin in a violent double take. What are those chicks doing over there? That's the that's the end chapter. The Golden Fang. The Golden Fang. Is it a boat? Is it a group? Are they paying three per unit? What can who can say? Yes, who can say? Uh, Do you want to try to do the whole summary? Yes, I do. I'm gonna have to assist by looking at pages. Okay, go for Uh, it. I feel like I need to like shorten it a little more. Shasta shows up, yes. uh, says her boyfriend, Mickey Wolfman, and uh, his, uh, his, his, her boyfriend's wife's boyfriend is <laughs> trying to put him in the loony bin. He says, bet. Uh, he meets Tree Khalil. Tree Khalil sends him toward Glen Sharlock. Yes. He goes to Channel View Estates. 
the pussy eater special is offered. He gets clocked over the head, wakes up. Sherlock is dead. Bigfoot interrogates him. Uh, then he cuts him loose. Yes. Then uh, he, he, Tariq leaves. Hope Harlingen is next, right? Yes. Goes to see Hope and a little amethyst. She tells him that she, her saxophonist husband is not actually dead. Yes. Uh, he talks to his like cousins about the boards. Yes. Uh, sees if he knows anything there. From um, Beer the Band. From Beer the Band. Uh, shit. <laughs> my, my first, uh, my first uh, roadblock. He talks to the boards and then he talks to the officer who called Hope and that said that Koi uh, was dead and yes. he talked to him and like, you know, Bigfoot seems about like about how some Bigfoot, Bigfoot is a clout chaser. Funky, yeah. Bigfoot's a clout chaser. He goes to meet his old repo man guy who's got a computer. Yes. Uh, that's interesting. He's, he's getting online. Then I think the next thing he does is sees Sloan Wolfman. Yes. Um, yes. Sorry, I'm turning pages. Yes, with the lighting by uh, Jimmy Wong. Uh, yes, he talked to T Pat Dubonnet, who is the guy. Uh, uh, yes, he goes. He uh, goes to the computer. Erotic, erotic neckties. He goes to Sloan to try to find out where they might have stashed Mickey. They yes. talk about zones. Uh, he leaves. The cops are already kind of entrenched there. Mm -hmm. This stuff with Mickey looks weirder. Then he meets his date uh, from the D the deputy DA Penny. Yes. Uh, tries to ask her about Shasta-related yes. stuff. She sets him up, brings him to the feds. Yes. They question him. They say that, uh, you know, they're they're interested in Cookie and Joaquin, the, the erstwhile boyfriends of his Motel and Lourdes. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, that's convenient. I'm going to go out with them. Uh, and now we have the introduction of the reappearance of Cor Harlingen and the introduction of the Golden Fang, which appears to be some kind of mysterious... Movers and shakers. Uh, organization and or boat. This scene was not that I just read was not in the movie. Did they have the meeting with Coy Harlingen is, but I don't think Club Asiatique. Because I, I feel like I would have remembered Blondie San. Yes. I think all of that was cut, uh, which is surprising because it seems like a, a fairly cinematic location, although perhaps he had to streamline the story a bit. Fair enough. I, I, I was thinking about this. I, I kind of just, I, I want to think about the movie as little as possible while we're doing the book. And then at the end, we can watch the movie. Again. Yes. Uh, but I was also thinking like, is this, a, is this the movie? Um, anyway, uh, Club Asiatic is a vibe. I would love to have uh, Doc's outfit in this. The, the, the loudest possible Hawaiian shirt, bell bottoms. Cr crazy. And hirachis. Par parrots, uh, hula girls, uh, a moon. Stuff lights up under black light. Yeah, with with the uh, the flowers and the palm fronds. Yeah, yeah, nice, nicely done. Uh, yes, nicely done. I would de I would definitely like to wear that too. Yes. Uh, so also he reencounters Jade from the uh the massage parlor. Yes. Um, who, you know, indicates that uh she was. She was informed, but not really a part of his setup. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I like all the stuff here about, like, Motella and Lourdes' life as uh, stewardesses, like, hip 70s stewardesses. Uh, the the head shop in the plane that opens when you hit international yeah. waters, they should do that. They should do that. Yes. This, this would make flying good again. Yes. You sh there should be a bathroom on... Um, 
a heavily ventilated bathroom on planes where you can hot box. Here's a question I have. Is it possible to go in a replica of like a 60s or 70s plane right now? I know there's the the um the plane the on TWA, TWA, but I don't I don't know if that I think they gut gut ripped Gutted it out. It it's just like I just want to know here's what I want to know is that you know you grow up or at least I grew up and you hear about the Mile High Club mm -hmm. uh, where of course if if people don't know what that is it's where you have sexual relations on a plane. Uh there might have been a time when the bathroom was large enough to do that. Yes. I re and obviously, you know, I'd say post 9-11, it's probably harder than ever to do anything weird in a bathroom. Well, 9-11 certainly didn't help. It certainly didn't help. But there must have been a time when you could at least squeeze two people in there to do the the yes. the, the, the dirty hairy over, uh, over flyover country. <laughs> yes. Uh but it, it, it's it's simply not possible now. I can There's no I way. I can barely fit my body. I can into barely a, pee <laughs> into a, uh, a airplane bathroom. Yeah. Um. No. It, it it would be impossible. Yeah. I would love to just be on a plane and see because I don't know. You watch like something like Airplane, mm -hmm. and you know I know obviously that's a, a movie and a very very goofy movie, uh, to uh itself, but like. It look it really does compared to how planes are today. Look like everybody's sitting in Barco loungers. Yes, on the on those planes with plenty of space. God, in between. The, the way that the way that they they humiliate us and degrade us. It's so sad. Yeah, uh, we just let it happen. One thing I want to bring up from last episode, we were wondering how old Doc is, and friend of the pod James uh, pulled a, a he he's about to turn thirty. He's about to turn thirty in yeah. this. Yeah, so you know if you. Th his 20s are the 60s and his 20s are over. Yes. So common common uh 30 something L to just like start watching <laughs> life kind of passing you yes. by. Uh, uh that is interesting and again I just said that I did not want to reference the movie too much but this is it's good info because of the casting of the movie makes it seem more like he's about to turn 40. Or yeah, or yeah, even yeah. even later. Even older older than that. So yeah, I guess he is a younger but he acts he doesn't I guess you know it it's Different than than the now and thirty year olds now have different types of ways of being, but he he certainly acts a little older and more mature than I would have guessed for that. Yeah, I think he has like a grizzled affect, yeah. grizzled cynical affect, mitigated by some by some weed, of course. Yeah, but he is also just very like kind of passive. Yeah, which I think is the thing that makes him a good detective. He just can wait around places and uh and just let people talk to yeah. him. But also, you know, you think you think about being thirty during the your you know turn of 30s during like yeah. the summer summer of love and yeah. the summer of hate and all that shit it's like it's probably a lot harder to be that age when especially in american society at that time you really were expected to have settled e either settled down uh and yeah. uh you know got gotten a job and had kids yeah. or you know at that point you maybe already been shipped off to war or something yes Younger kids to war back to yeah war. yeah so we're, get we're getting our first taste of the, the vietnam vibe yeah in this, what, what do we what do we make of uh, Cookie and Joaquin's whole deal? I don't know. They see, they seem like a so they were like Vietnam vets who are now on that grind and were tr are trying to do some kind of illegal trade via the air airline system. Yeah, yeah, unclear. But they yes, were, they were like on the hunt for canisters of bills in Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, money, money yeah. like laundering and like international yeah. currencies and stuff. Sure. Yeah, as you do, you know, in a yeah. pre-crypto world, I guess that's what you, you have just got to get like uh, on. Everybody's always looking for unmarked, non-sequential bills. Of course. Yeah. I'm also just thinking about wasn't the thing was Denzel Washington was in the movie American Gangster. Yes. Which was about a guy who brought heroin 
to to America Harlem? from from Vietnam in like in like soldier coffins. Wasn't that part of the is that what that is about? Maticness of it is like, you know, like de- dead soldiers have you know their coffins also stuffed with primo primo H. Yes, I don't know. I didn't know that that I I didn't know that that was his specific smuggling operation, but I'd, I've certainly heard of heroin in soldiers' coffins. Uh, Koi, uh, the return of Koi is funny. I, I love that he his his plight is just being the the sax player, but yes. that also gives him anonymity. He's he's yeah. living with his old band, but no one knows it's him. Yeah, well, I also like the idea that so many people have quit and joined the, rejoined the boards that it's an entirely different band. Yes. Uh, that he is now hanging out with. Uh, good job with that singing, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. think you really brought that song to life. Thanks. Uh, I don't know if I have much more to say on this chapter or on things in general. Is there anything uh, in the general world that we need to discuss? In the general world? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I know that there are many different flavors, and this is I think this is known as a lighter one, but I would just say, like, you know, reputation of Pinchon as one of the biggest, you know, the big it's dick swinging male writers. Uh, this is a very a silly and fun book. Yeah, this is n- yeah. nice and nice and frothy. You've read Gravity's Rainbow? Yeah. Is it more intense than this or is the, the Yeah, but it's also, you know, he, he's he's is... got a touch he's got a touch of silly the entire yeah. time. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little more, you know, World War Two's a little heavy heavier in some ways, but yeah, it's a He's he's got that touch of cheekiness throughout. Touch of cheekiness, mm-hmm. and always always the uh, the goofy names, always the goofy names, great names. Uh, oh God, what were we looking through that had such funny names? The oh, the new Hunger Games movie, the new Hunger Games, the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes, <laughs> which I'll definitely be rolling out for. Uh, but yeah, we were reading. The cast is gigantic. Yeah, I'm guessing because there's you know a bunch of like districts and a bunch of like people and pledges or whatever and you know usually when you're reading the cast list for a movie uh it's like the you know the top 10 people have names and then it's just like boy girl diner man yeah cop whatever but it's like there are 400 named characters in this and they all have names like clemencia dovecoat (laughs) vipsania sickle pliny harrington festus creed this this fall max Raphael is Festus Creed. Festus Creed. Festus Creed. If 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 Fingia Moss, uh, Livia Cardu, <laughs> Lysistrata Vickers. I these it's very funny to just read all these names. And you know what? I'm sure that that movie is, this movie is going to be fine. But you, I do have to give them credit for writing 200 silly names. Yeah, that's it's, like uh, something that I, I I would do. Um, well, I thought I came up with a a way to pick your own hunger hunger game name that uh it needed to be like so, something about like the the chief pro one of the chief products of your state. <laughs> uh, so like I was like something Maplesby. Yes. Uh, I, leaf you, like leaf yes, Maplesby. You could pick pick like a a random like classical literature name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the product of your state. So I'd be like Herodotus Buckeye. <laughs> that, is ex- that is exactly right. Yes. Yes. Uh, D- D- Demetria Maplesby. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, anyway, more more reports from the Hunger Games <laughs> in the future. Happy, happy Hunger Games. <whistles> yes. Yes. 
Anything, anything else? Hilarious Heavensby. Hilari- hilarious Heavensby. All right. Bye. Bye.